Put it there, boy, and we'll show these fascists what a couple of hillbillies can do. Welcome to Fanfic Fanfic Podcast, uh, where uh, previously we had talked about the fanfic of a fanfic, uh, that work being uh, Fallout Equestria Project Horizons. Uh, now in our second season, uh, we have defeated <laughs> the fanfic of a fanfic, and uh, and we're, 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 we're reeling, reeling the recursion back a layer and talking about Fallout Equestrian, no additional colon. <laughs> um, which is a hybrid, uh, My Little Pony, uh, and Fallout, <laughs> uh, genre-bending experience. I'm your co-host, Sir Weirdington Esquire. And joining me is your host, Fi. Fi, how's it doing, Fi? Doing pretty good. Kind of sleepy. I just had a delicious tea. Oh, an uncaffeinated tea. I see. <laughs> Yes. I see. I see. Um, none of that for me, thanks. Uh, all, uh, all drug. Um, so far, how, how did how uh, what 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 are you what are we talking about last week? Uh, we talked about dragons. <laughs> um, yeah, we talked about Spike singular the dragon. Yeah, sorry, dragon. Uh, we talked about Spike the dragon uh, and his uh, plans for the equestrian wasteland. Because, uh, yeah, we found out he was Watcher, uh, like, two chapters ago, uh, technically. Uh, but we actually get, like, the, the full details of what happened. So, like, Spike um, went into, like, a uh, hibernation cycle for, like, centuries, perhaps. It's not really clear necessarily how long he was asleep. But it was, like, sometime during the middle of the war, he went to sleep. And then he woke up and the bombs had already fallen and, like, everything had become ash long ago. And so his now thing is like a surviving vanguard of the previous era and also like Twilight Sparkle's personal assistant slash child. He's taken it upon himself to become like the lone guardian of the like a piece of technology that uh, he believes can like save the wasteland from itself uh, known as the Guardians of Equestria, uh, sort of like. The gardens. Sorry, the, gardens, not guardians. Uh, gardens of Equestria, because the gardens of creation kit uh, reference. The problem with it, though, is that the only thing, like the only thing that can work as a battery for it, is the elements of harmony. And the problem with that is that the original element bearers, you know, are two hundred years old, dead uh, at this point, and there are no new people to take up the reins of the elements to like power this thing. Um, so it turns out that like a lot of what Watcher has been doing for the last God knows how long has been following people around using like a sophisticated spy network and trying to like vet people for the correct virtues um, to become the next element of harmony. And this is also where we kind of like find out that like Pip isn't the chosen one here. She is specifically not an element bearer. She d- she just doesn't. She's a great hero. She does all sorts of amazing things, but she just lacks the very specific combination and cocktail of traits that would make her applicable for as an element of any of the elements. 
And so that's kind of gives us our sort of like long-term goal finally is actually where we're going, I guess. Uh, and, and what the plan is, uh, uh, to, to fix this whole mess, which gives everyone a big old thing of hope. Uh, and our, on our way out, um, our, uh, heroes are stopped by a wing of enclaves. This is a sort of our first taste of the enclave in this story, in the original. Uh, they're all snooty sky fascists and threaten Spike and try to get, uh, try to escort the uh, the rest of them out of the, the clouds because they broke cloud cover to get to this mountain because it's that tall. Uh, and that's technically illegal uh, as far as the Enclave is concerned. And uh, Spike's retort to that is to uh, roast one alive in their own armor. Oh, oh, oh no, that's, uh, uh, he, he only did that after they tried to bribe him. Uh, after informing them that he was going to, uh, they, they were going to kill uh, one of his guests for being a Dashite. Yes. Oh, you, oh, so, so for embodying the spirit of one of the elements of harmony, you're, you're going to kill one of my guests under, under the protection of my hospitality. Is that correct? I don't remember how the the chapter caps off, but I remember they... Uh, with a, with a chase scene. Yeah, um, they're chased back to New Appaloosa, right? Uh, where where I misinterpreted a bit of a text, I thought that they'd given away the phoenix to um, Silver Bell, who is recovering nicely, mm-hmm. um, still very skittish. Uh, no, they just uh, let her see it uh, because it's with them on the uh, on the Vertibuck or whatever the the sky wagon, the the sky wagon. Vertibucks are only in Project Horizons. Oh, <laughs> oh, it it sucks that like it's like I so much of it is like. I I I keep assuming because I can't remember any specific event in it that it's it's just passed through me like water. But apparently, I've been stained deep inside <laughs> by my exposure to fucking Project Horizons, uh, which I I didn't elaborate in our opening. But if you're a new listener for whatever reason, uh, you should be familiar that uh, Project Horizons is a deeply reactionary work um, by a uh, awful person. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Yes. Um, one of the reasons that people make an argument for uh, death of the author in in uh, art criticism is that it is uh, unfair to to try to develop a parasocial relationship with an author through their work and make a bunch of assumptions about their character uh, based on uh, based on whatever it is they've 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 output like um, because you're always going to get a distorted image. But you know, <laughs> sometimes and stereotypically often with prose for some reason like writing reading somebody's novel is 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 an uncomfortably uh close view of their inner inner world and project horizons like makes a lot of assumptions about people and how the world works that uh that paint a picture of a a bad person yes anyways what happened this week so what happened this week is is they're all um uh their their own uh, sky wagon flying toward uh Philadelphia. Uh this is chapter 22, uh The Earth Pony Way. Uh Fi will be very pleased by this week's mystery quote. Uh I pray for the safety of all good ponies who come to Philadelphia, even slaves. But we can't expect the goddess to do all the work. <laughs> Yay! Um, 
So hopefully we'll meet a faceless horse out there uh, who, uh, <laughs> who will be an ally and very keen to uh, shoot um, everyone uh, happily standing under Red Eye's banner. Also, yay, we're, in, we're halfway there. Uh, we're almost to the fireworks factory. Yeah. Um, glooming um, uh, darkly uh, just on the horizon. Um, the heroes can now see the, the uh, Philadelphia skyline from where they are. Uh, so we begin with a, with a, a long couple of paragraphs of um, Pip just thinking about like all the like myriad industry uh, that like in, in the wasteland like yeah we can't have nice things anymore because it required like so much uh, uh, so much um, engineering foundation yeah like like that like okay we, we, we got it we got a uh, 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 if you get one factory up it needs another factory behind it to supply it with um, anyway it's it's a uh, um, like the it's hard to rebuild a production chain mm -hmm. is, 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 is mostly what, uh, uh, she, she, she's, she articulates here and ultimately, uh, saying, um, uh, unless you are pony living in Equestria's, uh, center of manufacturing, a Mecca of earth pony industry. And I'm suddenly like, have it like I, I had to like, um, just, just punch a, a part of my brain out and, and tell it to shut up. Um, because this isn't a, a question that merits deep thought. Um, it's it's uh, like uh, Tolkien describing bats as black as top hats in uh, in The Hobbit. We don't need to think about <laughs> top hats in Middle Earth. Um, it, uh, it, it 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 could be a a um, sort of gotcha complaint, uh, very much in the vein of like. Lindsay Ellis's uh, video about Bright, uh, like if the Alamo exists, then <laughs> da, 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 exists. Um, but it is, it is a, a, a like. I I do now have to deal with like horse mecca being like. <laughs> <laughs> which implies a horse Muhammad and a horse. Anyway, um, we're, we're 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 gonna we're gonna come back to that a little bit later in the chapter. Pretty. Pretty spectacularly. I, I mean, uh, because, I mean, like, Occam's uh, there, narrative there's... razor with something like Mecca. It could just be that in this setting, there's also the word Mecca that just means like place of like importance, but it, for completely like art, like arbitrary and unrelated reasons. I I almost wish it was spelled with an H. Uh, <laughs> M E M E C H A. Yeah. Uh, rather than C C A, but oh Um. That would that would only be just anyway Philadelphia, um Philadelphia, uh, yep. uh, uh, not horse Chicago horse Detroit. Uh, yeah, well, right. it's based off of like it's it's nominally based off of uh the Pittsburgh <laughs> yeah. DLC, so it's the I see it's the steel town of uh of uh the Fallout Equestrian Wasteland. Um, but as as they get closer, they uh, the 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 broadcast coming out of there um, uh, that like the the, the modified um, sprite bot broadcast is is coming in loud and clear, and so Pip can can uh, tune signal to it whenever she wants, and she she does so several times throughout this chapter, basically out of a combination of boredom and morbid curiosity. 
uh, Red Eye is 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 later uh, described as having a a sort of melodious and commanding voice. Yeah. Um, but I just can't help but think about Stalin, Donald Trump, and like, um, yeah, uh, like uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, don't don't speak Russian. Apparently, Stalin had a hilariously thick rural accent. <laughs> um, yeah, I I always I don't know like I I like. I've talked about before how I, I don't like the idea of pro, like portraying fascists as like charismatic, but I think that at least in Red Eye's case, I get the what's they're going for here, where it's like, no, this dude is like good at doing this, and that's why it's yeah, bad. Yeah, he's uh, he, there's 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 a very uh, uh, there's there's a there's a very sort of funny subtle um. Andrew Ryan, a Bioshock reference in here. Yeah. Um, uh, at, at, at one point in one of these screeds, um, Red Eye is very concerned with brow sweat and the theft thereof. Mm-hmm. They're not going to take any more of our precious brow sweat. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I, I, I wanted to read at least the first one uh, and then I'll, I'll summarize the rest. But I'm, but I, but I'm in a bit of a pickle uh, because like, I despise this, and I don't want it to make it, like, I don't want it to sound good. As good as, like, the mouth-breathing apologists, like, you know, hear it. Um, but, canonically, like, he he is a very <laughs> effective public speaker. Yeah. Um, but all the same. We have an uncle and aunt fruit cup. A peaceful and loving couple. Married for nearly a decade now. Living in their quaint little house with their tiny garden on the outskirts of Roma. No children, two dogs, and a sunflower that Aunt Fruit Cup has named Celestia. What kind of monster, I have been asked, would root up Aunt and Uncle Fruit Cup, tear them away from their peaceful, pointless lives and set them to work hauling carts heavy with scrap metal a monster indeed but one with his eyes open and cast upon the future a future of equestria 200 years ago we lost our great nation but we will have it again and what would the fruit cups in their little homestead be in two hundred years? Nothing meaningless. Not one hoof notes in the annals of history. But what will have meaning two hundred years from now? This factory. And it is from this factory and the others like it that Equestria will be rebuilt. It is from the work of that uncle and aunt Fruit Cup. Do now that a new national infrastructure will be created and a new golden age will be born. The golden age of unity. Equestria will rise like a phoenix from her own ashes. But not without your help. Not without our labor. This is what is important. This will make a difference. This will last. 
uh, words of Red Eye were met with uh, the clomping applause of at least a hundred hooves. The roar of the crowd was abruptly cut off, replaced by a gravelly voice. And there you have it, Red Eye's speech marking the reopening ceremony of the Honest Steel Factory. <laughs> Word has it Red Eye will be making a return visit later this week to inspect the factory's output. And now for some music, starting with my favorite, Marching of the Paris Brights. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of like, not subtle things going on here, but I still really love how like, like I talk about a lot of like talk a lot about like authenticity. I guess uh, this feels true in terms of like fascist propaganda. Oh yeah, no, a thousand percent. Like it, it's um... it, it's like it's it, it calls on like prelapsarianism, which is the idea of like a gilded age uh, of the before times that we have to return to. It it calls on the concept of a false populism that like uh uh you know everyone agrees that we should be going back to like that era. It it calls on the idea like the needs of like like the needs of the poor to like lay down themselves to like the like the endless machine and factory of industry. Uh, for the good of everyone it's it's all like a lot of it's a lot of really like obvious stuff but it's very effective um yeah it's um it's it's very uh um eventually it will be worth it your sacrifices will pay off in the end yes. for someone when you're grounded in the um, crystal grind your glue will hold up the next nation yeah um and and it, it's 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 the 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 surrealness of like um what's the utopia we we want to build well someday you'll you'll be able to form uh uh, uh family units in in your own little cottages uh, <laughs> like the ones we're taking you from now <laughs> um just as soon as all the work is done um once you have been been all ground to grist uh then we will have paradise just a just a few thousand more it's already been but it's already been a million ground to, to, to grist. And we don't want their sacrifices to amount to nothing, so let's mm -hmm. pour in another million. It's been a billion now. It, do you want a billion lives to amount to nothing? Get in the grist mill. Yeah. <laughs> if you shut it down now, the grist mill will go out of business. But yeah, that's the main thing I wanted to like mention on, like, to, like, to what end, honestly? Like, it, like the... Uh, the, 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 the weird idea that, like, the fruit cups, like, lives weren't valuable in and of themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, and if, if you hadn't mentioned them specifically, they, their, their, their names would still, uh, not have a mark on history. They would be just two, two, uh, two sets of bones in the grist mill. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, the. This leans a lot on, like, libertarian fascist ideologies, a little bit more than, like, obvious, like, authoritarian. Because it always calls on, like, oh, the needs of us all to come together to be killed for the machine. Well, it's, 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 um, Hobbesian, uh, nonsense, mainly. Like, it, we keep coming back to, like, like, ha he's, he's, he is a Strausserite, <laughs> this red eye. Um... Uh, it, it, it is, it is the, like, it is a pseudo anti-communism. It, 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 it's, 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 it's what, it, it, ironically, it's what don't tread on me, like, libertarians who pretend that they aren't, at the end of the day, like, hyper-authoritarian, uh, mon monarchists. 
think that they're fighting against when they fight against communism. Mm-hmm. Everybody's names will be stripped away and you'll 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 just be mindless drones of the collective uh will. Um no, that's that's what that's that's fascism. <laughs> that's 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 like unstated here is that like yeah we're all in this together well i am the only one who retains a face and a name but we're all in this um uh so anyway um that was the the first broadcast um we get uh we get a conversation about hellhounds mm-hmm. that uh, uh there's a question of like well we need to find a good place to spot why we need a e- e- Soon we're going to have to land to replace the batteries and, and do some maintenance on the, uh, but, uh, we need a good place to land, uh, someplace where the hellhounds can't get us. Why are they that dangerous? What? What even is a hellhound? What? <laughs> you mean you decided to come out here and, and cross this, like, distance where the primary problem is hellhounds and you, you did not know? Um, and the long and short, like, there's a lot of build-up because both, uh, Calamity and, and Steel Hooves are the only ones who know anything about them, and, and they, they take a while to, like, get through their own, uh, heads that, like, you seriously didn't, didn't know. So Splendid Valley, as we've been introduced to before, um, was, uh, was a, was a toxic waste dumping site. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are now informed that it used to be, uh, a mine, like an incredibly... Uh, thickly packed gem mine uh, b- before the, the, the waste was dumped there. And then before, on top of that, uh, the second of the balefire bombs went off. Uh, it used to be a mine inhabited by things called diamond dogs yep. uh, who were driven out of the mine uh, in light of the uh, desperate need for the diamonds for the war effort. Uh, and uh, once the mine had run dry, uh, regardless of the fact that it was made increasingly uninhabitable by being turned into a toxic waste dump, the Diamond Dogs wanted to come home. Yeah. <clears throat> it was their land. Uh, they, 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 they didn't want it getting taken, and they got taken. Um. Um, so now they're basically double uh, plus extra ghouls. The, the combination of uh, the uh, immortalizing uh, mutagenic effect of the Balefire Bomb... Uh, with the uh, uh, witch's brew of of, of various uh, uh, magical toxic waste, uh, turn them into a new thing. Yes, a very deadly new thing. Um, <clears throat> which is basically a combination of um, Fallout uh, super mutants and death claws. Yeah. Uh, they have uh, quadrupled in size, uh, become implausibly strong and fast. Uh, their claws can apparently rip through uh, both Steel Ranger armor and uh, the uh, very easily uh, rip through the shields of uh, even the Alicorns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, they're sapient. Yep. They can use tools. Yep. So they got guns, they've, too. They've figured out how to modify horse guns <laughs> uh, to work with their murder claws. <laughs> it's just, I like to just imagine they just make it so that it has a normal human trigger. <laughs> On the guns, as opposed but to like, both triggers, but double sized, yeah, <laughs> size size big enough for a Liefeld character yeah. to handle. Yeah, it's just this thing. I've I've constructed a Hellhound gun. Oh, it's a horrible twisted weapon, and it's just a regular <laughs> gun. <laughs> so yeah, uh, also, um, despite being intelligent, uh, totally unwilling to communicate, I mean, utterly. Will you? <laughs> eh. 
Um, they they communicate in in murder in 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 the language of death. Uh, so that's what that's what the party's flying over right now is, mm-hmm. is a landscape uh, filled with those things. Um, apparently, they're also very good burrowers. Um, so you can't just trust that you don't see any. Uh, if you land on open ground, like you will hear a a a a very brief rumble before you are dead. Before you you become a selection of meat cutlets. Um, so they eventually find and land on a power station. Um, Little Pip gets immediately bored and is delighted, I tell you, delighted to find a locked door. (laughs) Uh, which, which really, really pushes for, like, it's, it's a, it's a wonderful moment of characterization and it very much, uh, uh, favors our, our goblin interpretation Mm -hmm. of Little Pip. Oh my fucking god, I almost, I, I really should have mentioned it at the top of the podcast, look forward to a mailbag! Yeah, we got a cool letter. A really good one. But yeah, we'll handle that at the end of the end of it, so stay tuned, listen to the entire episode, uh, and don't just skip 30 seconds ahead uh, until you get to the end. That would suck. At the very least, come back, <laughs> come back round to us. Um, anyway, um, so yes, Gerblin. Haha, <laughs> some fool nailed this thing down! <laughs> Which means it's mine! Good thing I got a claw hammer. Uh, so she, she, uh, very happily, um, uh, unlocks the door. You can't see Steel Hooves' eyes, but they are definitely rolling. <laughs> you can feel it. Where are you going? Exploring! Responds a little pit. Didn't you hear about the deadly, deadly, deadly animals? It's like that we just spent But this a whole door's time... locked. <laughs> Did you miss the part where like I said that could shred through steel hoof armor? Like I've unlocked the door now. <laughs> I'm going down the stairs. Bye. <laughs> Sorry, I can't hear you over the sound of adventure. Um, she gets very little, like, she, she has a, uh, unseen antagonist, uh, who probably died, uh, uh, days, weeks, months, uh, uh, years, or decades ago, um, who, uh, uh, tried to lockpick, uh, most of the ammo boxes, uh, left in this building, and, and ruined them, <laughs> and, uh, we, we get a very, like, it, it was explored a little last week, uh, but we, we get a very firm, uh, sort of, I guess confirmation uh, from uh, K-Cat in this chapter. Like, I imagine that she was probably asked, like, why Little Pip doesn't do X or Y with her telekinesis. And here it's explored that, like, her telekinesis is absurdly strong. She can, like, lift ludicrously heavy things. But it isn't, like, a through, like... The telekinesis isn't, like... the It's a levitation spell. It isn't that she's she's hefting them by 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 generating, like, force beneath them. She is her her spell. Her magic works by like reducing the effective mass of a thing. Mm-hmm. Like she makes a thing lighter and can like gently shove it around, uh, but she can't like hurl anything with meaningful force. Uh, the The only way to generate like a whole lot of kinetic energy using her power is to like lift it up <laughs> and then let go. Mm-hmm. Um, so she can't just wit- she just can't pry. Uh, these, uh, like, no matter how powerful her, her levitation spell is, no amount of levitating is going to crack open these, these boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, unless, of course, she drops them from an enormous height, which would be counterproductive. 
If there's anything, like, if there's any munitions in there. Yeah, it's probably fine. But yeah, just to, just to salt, like, the nip in the bud, the idea of, like, well, why doesn't she just, yeah, TK all of her problems away? Uh, which is an interesting, like, almost, like, shonen battle anime sort of, a, like, I can almost imagine, like, a, a, a diagram in a manga. Yes. Like, what? <laughs> Yeah, there's uh, the the narrator in Hunter Hunter just starts talking to explain how like <laughs> little Pip's nen works in a very specific way. <laughs> uh... <laughs> that's that's why it's so powerful. It has so many limiters. On. <laughs> um, but yeah, um... I, I do like the little uh, thing of like. Well, I would be, like, picking all these locks, but somebody, damn, like, broke the damn things. <laughs> they put fucking chewing gum in the quarter sw- slot. I don't even get to play now. Um, um, they look, like, at, at one point, we'll, we'll get to it. Whoever was in here, like, was basically spiteful of, of anybody who would, like, try again later. Um, so Velvet Remedy and Steel Hooves are, are uh, uh, come along with her while... Uh, uh, calamity works on the uh, the, the wagon uh, from the roof. Uh, Pip wonders to like again. Uh, uh, haha, video games. Uh, Pip um, frustrated uh, uh, wonders to herself. When did catwalks over heavy machinery become the dominant? <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, my my voice. Uh, when did catwalks over heavy machinery become the dominant aesthetic? <laughs> Uh, she has like some horrifying uh, flashbacks to the iron shod firearms <laughs> yeah. factory, but is is happy to see that all of the turrets have uh, been blown out by previous adventurers. Uh, we get some some news articles and stuff uh, onto the wall, and Pip. It occurs to Pip to wonder like, did you seriously build everything in your economy around a resource you didn't have? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's oil baby and it's no wonder this this war like could not could not would not stop yeah well yeah basically both uh, sides wanted something the other nation had and uh they needed desperately for their infrastructure to survive um but like i'm, I'm curious to find out where where the capacity for cooperation crumbled like where like yeah, I don't think it was necessarily one big event. I think it was more of a situation of just, like, eventually just, yeah, just negotiations brought, broke down and there was no longer, like, uh, a survivable chance of uh, doing this the, like, normal way where they just, like, had a, you know, 30-minute adventure. I have a, yeah, I have a thing you need, you have a thing I need, we can... Yeah, let's sing a song about it. Pinkie Pie's here. Oh no, Pinkie Pie strung it on drugs again. I, I think, yeah, I think implicitly it might be that both sides were running out of their respective, yeah, uh, respective resource, um, uh, and no one wanted to be come come clean about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, again, because <laughs> they never got around to having the episode. <laughs> there were too many other episodes that they were failing to have. Yeah, like I said, Pinkie Pie strung out again, fucking. <laughs> Uh, Twilight's like being a weirdo, yeah. Um, Rarity's doing some evil necromancy shit again, yeah. <laughs> just everything's going wrong all at once. Applejack's just out on the shooting range, <laughs> assuming that it's gonna. Fluttershy's you know. being tried for war crimes again. <laughs> just, just rough times all around. I once again, like I, 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 uh, I think one of the main reasons that I, uh, I, I, I keep 
um, making bad reads on like like uh, um, doing some uh, doing some reading comprehension failures is that I'm I'm uh, so often rushing uh, to read this week's chapter uh, because of course I, I wait until the last second. Um, Pip has a panic when he realizes, wait a minute, if if you two are with me, then who's with Calamity? <laughs> he's driving the plane. Uh, and they they rush back to find that he's he's still fine. He's he's still up there and uh, doing well. Uh, Rarity uh, somewhere uh, along the way found a uh, a schematic for a uh, helmet made out of hellhound claws. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just note that's that's a weird thing to design. <laughs> So then the next, we, we like, each, each, like, sort of subsection in the chapter is uh, begun uh, with a, with a red-eye speech. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one is uh, about red-eye insisting that he had his cutie mark removed. Um, so, so, like, this is, this is the, like, trick, the, 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 the trick of fascism. The, like, uh, initially he comes out by, by making a point of, like, am I really going to let a picture on my flank determine my future? If I find something that I really enjoy, do I need an icon on my ass to tell me? Of course not. For too many ponies, a cutie mark is more about what you can't be. Uh, how can you expect to be a great scientist if your cutie mark is a rake? <laughs> or an amazing artist if your flank is a picture of a pile of hay? Who is going to give you the chance? Uh, meanwhile, ignoring that, like... So this is more, like, fucking Hobbes's Leviathan. Like, um, on the surface, like... We've we've seen over the course of, like... like I'm, I'm kind of frustrated with, with K-Cat or, or, and or Little Pip. Um, because she, like, uh, just sort of, like... Uh, this is fucking nonsense. But most of it... Like the, the 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 um stalking horse of the message is not nonsense. She's experienced it herself. Like uh, uh, Velvet is is an example of like a horse that has skills and uh, desire and ambition to be a doctor, but that was in fact denied to her because her flank says she's a singer. Her flank is interpreted as like no, your your passion is supposed to be singing. Uh, therefore, um. Expertise outside of that is 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 frowned upon. In that, and so one that is stable, yes. But at at, the, at least, I mean, from like, and because it was a stable that was like a a uh, a snow globe, uh, uh, frozen in a moment of before the war, we can only presume that like those attitudes like have persisted. Like there's like if 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 Red Eye is trying to make this case for his propaganda. It implies that it is a not uncommon belief uh, in Equestria before and after the end. But unfortunately, it's it's a it's an obvious stalking horse for his real point, which is you're all equal in my eyes. You are all grist all <laughs> for my ambitions. All beneath my boots, and I, I I think it's very important uh, to get this out at the window. I don't necessarily agree with a particular condemnation of media. That just says, well, why isn't the main character woke enough? Um, why didn't they just sit down and have a whole treatise and debate over why uh, fascism doesn't work? Like, I think that they, that's a terrible judge of media to say stuff like that. Because, I mean, like, that's not how media or storytelling works. What I'm trying to say is that there's no 
contrary voice. Like the like the, the the text itself does not sort of like confront uh, Red Eye's argument. Well, I mean, not in a literal sense, no. But like that's I don't think that's necessarily important. It's it's to some degree it's just sort of self evident that the antagonists' beliefs are. Uh, fundamentally yeah, well, wrong, or they've come to fundamentally yeah, con- wrong you, you, conclusions. You have to think. Like, you think about it for a second. There's, there's, like, if you think about it for half a second, there's an obvious irony um, in in Red Eye saying, "In New Equestria, we'll all be lifted up by the goddess and freed from the shackles of cutie mark corrosion, and moved into the shackles of <laughs> of, of of armed enslavement." Yeah, like. Like tell that to uh, tell that to the fruit cups. Like <laughs> now they're already glue. Can't tell nothing to the fruit cups. Um, but yeah, I think there's a little bit of a problem, I guess, with sort of like leftist analysis that sometimes happens where it's like, oh, but like, why didn't they like become like radicalized directly? And it's like, well, because like that doesn't necessarily have to be all like the summary conclusion of all things like sometimes a character does a bad thing and like we're expected to just agree that that's a bad thing and i understand don't get me wrong the we we live in a scary time and the concept of like subtle storytelling or the concept of like just taking that kind of stuff for granted kind of feels like it's over now because people do like willfully misinterpret uh media as hard as possible to be as fascist as they want it to be but i don't necessarily like believe that like that's on the author for not like, I mean, holding sorry, a gun I, to the the audience's head and going like, and this is why fascism's bad. I mean, but Starship it, so, Troopers. So anyways, is, the, no, I'm not gonna just finish uh, the one uh, last uh, sentence. Okay. Starship Troopers is the most obvious bit of critique in the fucking universe, and people still treat it like it's being honest and legitimate about its fascist propaganda. Uh, being sincere. Um, in it. So the, the one last thing I wanted to say about this this particular uh, red eye. Uh, um, section is it uh, brought me to, to mind of, of a quote that I heard somewhere of um, <clears throat> uh, Orwell was an optimist oh, uh, yeah. assuming that there would still be faces uh, left for the boot to stomp on yeah um, and and that's 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 what this brought to mind is that like uh, on the on the the stalking horse the the, the surface message is that like, uh, free yourselves from the shackles of the expectations your your cutie marks place upon you. Meanwhile, like what that means in practice, like in in the in the context of of the rest of his message and what he actually does, um, free yourself from the expectations of your cutie marks. I will tell you what your destiny is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a bit of a funny thing specifically with I guess cutie marks in this particular s- setting. I mean, in the, in the original show, it already has this as well. And there's, it's a very up and down, like, what a cutie mark actually is and does. Because in the show, depending on the writer, sometimes it's like, no, it's just because you're so good at it. Like, you have a special identity, and therefore that's what you got your cutie for. And sometimes it's like, no, that's your magic special destiny that determined that that's why your cutie mark for it. Like, got it. Like, like you know, it's a chicken or egg kind of situation. Like, were you born destined to always be a baker? Or is it because you're such a good baker that you've got the baker badge basically and i think in this particular thing it's an interesting thing because to some degree we can sympathize yes with kind of the the fake message that red eyes is presenting his solutions i think are what's what the important thing to note are wrong in that his solution to the tyranny of the cutie mark is to scrub all identity away from people 
uh, as the only solution to that to the concept <clears throat> assuming that like cutie marks are a brand that marks you as a certain kind of class as opposed to kind of what they are which is like identifying markers because i could make the case that as much as Velvet Remedy specifically feels that her cutie mark is restrictive because the society she's in, she's also a talented and prolific singer and it play and her the general vibe of like craving freedom is a core part of her identity that she will never be able to like get away from even if she wants to be a doctor now, you know? Uh what, what I'm trying to get her at like in, in a perverse way, the 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 like bare flank um, that like Red Eye has created for himself is is like his cutie mark, and therefore by encouraging like uh, uh, other people to have theirs erased, th- he is effectively replacing their cutie mark with him. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. I just wanted to like talk um, about the concept of cutie marks in this specific setting and story, and how it pertains from the original show. That like you can make the case that they're just it's it's an identity thing, and sometimes like I think. I think FOE kind of falls on that kind of opinion as well, that they're more symbolic of a person's like core identity rather than the thing that marks you for life as this particular kind of character. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an affinity. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's your core affinity, but it's not, it, it, it is in no way all defining. Yeah. And also like she, she refute like the, 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 the text repeatedly like goes back on like, there's no reason for like, for example, uh, Velvet Remedies, like, passions to be mutually exclusive. Yes. Um, she can still be a singer and a doctor. Yeah. And, like, she doesn't have to give up singing in order to, like, pursue other passions mm-hmm. and other competencies. Yeah. Which is, you know, opposed to uh, Red Eye's um, mm-hmm. uh, pave it over, put up a parking lot. Yeah, like, I, I think that it's actually, to some degree, an interesting sort of comparison of, like, this particular story's opinions on cutie marks versus what is a commonly held misconception about cutie marks that the fandom perpetuated, which is the, and, and then the show kind of did because the show got a lot worse after a few seasons in, um, that cutie marks are not identifying markers, they're literal destiny. And that's how a lot of people treated them in the fandom. And I don't necessarily think that like, I, I don't, I don't know what the author is trying to necessarily say with the, with it. I just, my takeaway from it is that this the the characters are self-evidently contradicting to uh red eyes uh core ethos um because it's not like little pip well i mean actually honestly we won't get into it like little pip is a pip buck technician she she is a uh she is the humble repairman and her actual Things that she does in the story is she is a shooty goblin. Nothing about her. But her, her her core competence is as 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 a as a repair horse allows her to uh, goblinize. Like <laughs> like sure. Like everything that hasn't been nailed down has already been looted. That, and so I think here comes a crowbar. I believe that is an interpretation that you can make about it. But I think that the I, to some I'm kind of cheating a little bit because I know a little bit more than you from because like later events and happen in the story. But there is a kind of leaning on the idea that like. Pip's like identity is still kind of in flux because like, well, I just I'm just a I'm just a mechanic. I just fix things. I'm just a re- a toaster repair pony. And th- her cutie mark identifies her as such. She evidently like her actions aren't that of like humble. Keep your head down and just you know fix fucking 
broken toasters for the rest of your life. Uh, she she willed herself into the call of adventure. I, I've been having trouble with like uh, I, I would just go back to like the the our first episode of of this second season uh, where I sort of talked about the the interesting symbology of of having a um, pit buck as the cutie mark. Oh sure, because it's like something more like sort of conceptually wild than a diamond in the rough. She's a diamond in the in the diamond. Uh, <laughs> she's 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 a diamond on a diamond. But pile. what the character feels um, about herself is that she is someone who is very mundane um uh so like it's sort of interesting that we've we've a little bit come to heads on like gosh i wish that the text like confronted uh red eye a little bit more directly uh versus uh you like pointing out that like on yeah maybe it shouldn't need to when i was initially reading it i so far <laughs> the, the funny thing is i got here to this point of like sort of uh, 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 um, some friction on you uh, on that point, because I'm trying to find a way in my heart to be more generous. I got real deeply angry reading the these these red eye sections because like the first thing that my brain went to is this: if anybody reads these red eye sections and doesn't understand why this is a monster who like so awful that any any picture of um, a red eye. Uh, any any fan art of Red Eye, the the number one response is, "Huh, why is this upside down?" Death of Mussolini joke. Yeah. My 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 first impulse was to go like, "Okay, if if you if you read these like Red Eye speeches and come away, this sounds completely legitimate." Uh, the the only counter argument I I can give you is just punching you in the mouth until you can't make sounds anymore. Uh, yeah. Because like because like the, the, the core like the, the core problems are should be like blatantly obvious, especially with the first one of like what sort of world is, is Red Eye building? Like what sort of better world is it where we, we take somebody who is happily living in a cottage, managing to be self sustaining, uh, wife and husband, uh, some some cute dogs, and a daffodil, um, and you grind them into grist for what more like more opportunities to like make a bigger machine that can grind more grist. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, I would also just, you know, I always want to make the case that like, I, you can't, can't really blame a author for their audience. Um, yeah, I know. And but I, especially bronies, like bronies, bro, bronies willfully misinterpret everything on purpose because it, they were a horrible 4chan community so it makes sense that they'd be like oh yeah red eye had some great ideas yeah and i've i've like met at least one person who like just you know you could look into their dead shark like doll's eyes (laughs) and ask them like why you want like why you think every forest the the destiny of every public park should be parking lots (laughs) like Mm -hmm. uh um a a a a world without art or green uh where where we are all just hive insects like moving from uh rest cubes to workstations Mm -hmm. um uh but oh well anyway so fun story about um pastel horses and their um shooty guns and uh this is a big fat let's talk about fascism episode this week so it's unavoidable because yeah uh, um so like this building is 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 dull and bleak um uh and everything's 
uh, been looted and uh, and some jerk <laughs> broke everything uh, on purpose. Ruined, yeah, ruined all of all of Pip's uh, looting preemptively. Uh, there's there's a uh, brief exchange uh, between uh, Pip and um, uh, Velvet. Uh, Pip says, uh, "Oh, I look." Can, like we need to like cross the the scaffold one at a time. I'm worried about the weight. Oh my weight, is it? Oh God. <laughs> and uh, uh, Velvet um, responds by um, uh, uh, teasing a uh, little Pip, uh, pretty relentlessly, getting out in front of her so that her uh, ample flank is within view. <laughs> um, uh, remedy so confirmed their... for huge wagon. Yes. Yes. Uh... Uh, <clears throat> uh, they make their way to the, the central office uh, when Velvet uh, suddenly uh, uh, grabs Pip in the mid, like uh, 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 gives uh, Pip a, a gentle uh, tug um, while she's uh, unlocking the door um, because there's there's a noise below mm-hmm. and it's a death claw wagon. It's hellhound. Um, it's eating a steel ranger. And then it's going to eat me! Oh my god! Anyways, yeah. Um, it has it has it has a wounded four uh, paw, but um, that is not enough to make it even uh, by any stretch uh, remotely less dangerous. Uh, having having too much uh, scaffolding uh, between uh, them and uh, the, uh, the the sky wagon. Uh, Pip just resolves on doubling down on on getting through the door, especially after it begins stiffing the air and disappears from where they can see it. Uh, and then it picks up a gun uh, before disappearing out of out of sight, uh, presumably uh, skulking around looking for them. Um, they have no doubt that it it heard the door uh, open and shut, uh, and there is no elevator in this office. Mm-hmm. Uh, no escape route found. Um, they uh, they play a, a long, uh, tense waiting game. Uh, Pip deduces that it is either uh, moved on to kill their t- other two friends, or to setting up some sort of trap. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pip eventually loses patience waiting and begins uh, looting, of course. <laughs> Stress looting. Yes. Um, the terminal has been wiped. Um, uh, more ruined ammo boxes, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and a closet full of ruined documents. Whoever came here, uh, had, had the principal, uh, uh, task plan of, uh, censoring whatever they found. Uh, just, just making sure that no one would, would find anything useful here, it seems. Uh, whoever was, was, was here previously also tried to get at the safe, but ha ha, jerk ass, they couldn't ruin the lock. They even left a, a, a broken piece of a bobby pin in it. Uh, like intentionally, it looks like from, from what Pip can tell, they just jammed it in there, twisted it and broke it off. Hmm. Uh, so that like, just to ensure that like, if they couldn't get into it, nobody else could. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Pip just telekinetically like, it, it's, it. After the pin out. It, it's also equally funny to imagine because of haha video games that in the Fallout uh, game series, uh, if you can't, if you don't have enough skill to open a lock, you can like force a lock open uh, with a low chance. Uh, but if you break it, it's broken for good. 
So it's just funny to imagine that it's a person who just like had no patience for the dumb lock picking mini game and just kept trying to jam it but didn't have saves coming available. <laughs> Jackass. <laughs> um I hope the hounds got him. Yes. Uh, That's who's getting eaten right now. So Pip does get uh, get some 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 shiny toys out of the safe, including a morb. Yep. Yay, more morbs. And some uh, uh, fancy ammunition. Now that all the looting is done, <laughs> there's nothing left to do but just face whatever whatever the uh, the the hellhound hit has in store for them. And uh, they covered the door in mines. What even the fuck? It 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 waited on the far side of the scaffolding <laughs> with a laser rifle and in, in, in paw and covered the door in mines and glued them there no less. Uh, Pip can't just yank them off telekinetically. Uh, so they uh, uh, just just run away from the door. <laughs> And uh, when it blows, uh, uh, blows open, it takes the, the floor, uh, floor of the office out from under them. Uh, so, yeah, basically some more sneaking around. Pyre, like the Phoenix, um, is uh, sufficiently agile, and the uh, Hellhound a sufficiently bad shot that Pyrolite is able to, like, give them some cover. Uh, ultimately, it does spot them and uh, just tosses his guns away and it, uh, gun away and lunges at them. Uh, thankfully, uh, apparently, uh, Velvet has learned a new spell. Because she can do that. Principally, Velvet insists that this is because, like, you know, it, it, Pip later asks after, like, she fires a bubble of magical energy that seems to, like, just parrot, like, that causes it to stop moving. <laughs> does it stop charging and, and just kind of spasm on the floor? Uh, asks, did you kill it? And her response is... Pip, darling, I am not in the habit of killing my patients. <laughs> uh, the poor thing was clearly in pain. <laughs> well, the, uh, uh, Pip, like, <laughs> Pip balances, like, should I, uh, like, I think I, pr if I had known, I probably should have just shot it in the brain. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then again, should I have? Like, I don't I'm really jealous of her ability to learn new spells, but also like grateful that like she's she is like able to continue to retain her dignity out here. Um, and and not fallen so far is like I guess I apparently have. Yeah. So she's uh, Pip just sort of sits like like, like doesn't resolve the dilemma of like huh should I have shot it while it was helpless? We we take off and Pip is is continually continuing to be emotionally distressed. Uh, by the fact that, as you mentioned before, I'm just a, I'm just a small closet-born repair bean. <laughs> Man, it never occurred to me that you could like buy, buy spell training. But then again, like I'm, I'm just you know, I'm just default. <laughs> I'm, I'm only good at the uh, one thing. Yeah, it's very the the kick the rock and just being like, ah. <laughs> And like rarity is like sorry, uh, remedy is, is velvet is, uh, is 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 sort of like it, it doesn't get through to Pip. Um, the the like reassurance, like oh yeah, you're just saying nice things, <laughs> but like 
Velvet does try to reassure her, like, you're you're unreasonably the best at that, though. <laughs> yes, everyone can cast Levitate. No one in 300 years has, casted, has cast Levitate the way that you have. Yeah, it's just one of those things where he just wants to grab her and be like, you hit God <laughs> with a train. <laughs> Um, Calamity has become uh, overwhelmingly exhausted uh, 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 operating the sky wagon I do not I do not for the life of me understand like the mechanics of the sky wagon like it has a miniature bomb powering it Uh, yes uh, I don't like where at what point in the process like like what is that doing? <laughs> is it just making the cart weightless so that like he can like drag it by flying? That, that, like, that's I always don't... been my assumption. It's like because it's because like the like the thing I always assumed about sky wagons is that they're big, given that they're big enough to hold like the rest of the crew. So it's not just like a little carriage; it'd have to be relatively big. And if it's made of metal, then it's like a hunk of metal. So yeah, I assume that like it's like a magical. It's basically like a levitate spell set to on and just makes the whole thing weightless. Like anyway. Yeah. I'm, I'm I just trying not to overthink. Yeah. Like wait, why wouldn't you just drip, drop some propulsion on that? Like what? Um, you know, so it's not self-repelling needs a Pegasi to like provide forward motion in order for it to like maintain lift. Anyway. Um, Ground is, is covered with hellhounds. Calamity can no longer uh, uh, fly the thing. And so Pip um, uh, and her, you know, oh, all I've got is levitation, uh, levitates the entire thing. <laughs> uh, she describes it as, as you know, she, she, she says out loud, no sweat, but, like, describes herself as, as sweating an awful lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, it, it is a strain, but, like, she she feels uh, obligated to to uh, maintain that strain given the the amount of you know unspeakable stamina and effort calamity put into to getting mm-hmm. it this far uh, out on the horizon um we uh we see uh pinkie pie balloons yes the balloons the balloons um and uh which are her face by the way for people <laughs> they're horrifying <laughs> The, the baskets of which are loaded with anti-machine rifles. <laughs> um, uh, 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 Pip describes them as they look like what my sniper rifle would look like when it was all grown up. <laughs> um, so, coming into Philadelphia by air is a death seems sentence. unwise. Yeah, absolute death sentence. Uh, they'd be they they'd be sneaking sneaking the rest of the way in on on hoof, um, praying that. <laughs> They'd find somewhere outside of Hellhound territory to land mm-hmm. uh, before doing so. Then we get our, our final, uh, uh, another um, red-eye speech. Uh, this is the like one where he gets very, very fixated on, on protecting his uh, precious brow sweat. Mm-hmm. Um, that the majority of, of, of pre-war ponies, that the, uh, laziness breeds selfishness, breeds stupidity. Yeah, uh, uh, apparently, like, this is, yeah, it, w- wacky faux populism, where he identifies himself as a fellow worker. Mm-hmm. 
um, Red Eye who conducts inspection tours, fellow worker. Yeah. <laughs> Shorthand, your boss isn't a fellow co-worker. Paints a wacky picture of like, yeah, it all failed due to, uh, due to incompetence and laziness. Uh, that the majority fed on the, the, reaped the benefits of the minority's labor. And, uh, unstated here, but, like, I, I, I do sort of get the impression. I wonder if, like, K-Cat was, like, intending this, but the, the impression I get is that, uh, Red Eyes, this, this bit of propaganda is built on the fact that everything any pony would know about, uh, the world before the bomb was built on consumer, uh, was, was built on, like... Sparkle cola uh, and tuna yeah, cans and... and commercials for for consumer luxuries Mm -hmm. and so based on that you could reasonably i I suppose infer that yeah no like only a handful of like uh poor suffering laborers like uh maintained a a uh the the uh comfort um and and uh idle rot of of a majority of horses Mm -hmm. which is like what like a lot of real world like fascists use as kind of propaganda about like but there's like a parasite class, like all fascist propaganda, like is is entirely projecting. Is <laughs> is 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 wild projection, mm-hmm. um, because red eye is that um, leech yes. parasite class, like that. And yeah, so 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 much of of this kind of like um, uh, we're going to build a uh, uh, an empire on the backs of noble privation um, really speaks to like. Neat chuds who, um, who all, don't have anything to do with themselves. Spent all their time complaining like, on Reddit about how Red Eye is secretly cool. <laughs> so yeah, um, uh, privation will keep you uh, 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 gruel this uh, thin gruel to keep your belly full. Put on your sleep, freedom uh, chains and pick up your uh, peace guns. Yes. So no, no. Um, I'm I'm just catching up, uh, uh, trying to uh, figure out where, uh, sort of um, how to address, uh, what's next. Uh, um, they they camp out. We get we get a better picture of what it looks like. This much closer to Philadelphia, mm-hmm. uh, convoys in the distance. Pip has has interaction with uh, Pyrolite, um, where they where they sort of bond. Pyrolite is 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 apparently fully. Um, fully cognizant of, of horse speech, but uh, cannot uh, cannot horse itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is, it is a non-verbal um, uh, sapient intelligence bird mm-hmm. um, who is you know extremely fond of of, of uh, rarity. And uh, Pip sort of makes it clear that like after Pip is grateful. Uh, for for what uh, uh, Rarity decided to do, mm-hmm. that she's had but, time to uh, calm down. No longer has <laughs> yeah. It is it like all romantic feelings? Yeah, the the sort of like illusion uh, of Velvet Remedy is no longer there. Um, yeah. Uh, but Pip, yeah, Pip now regards uh, uh, Velvet as as a friend, mm-hmm. and and not more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get, uh, um, so Pip has trouble sleeping and, uh, uh, gets our smartphone. I mean, activates a morb. Yay! Um, and in this morb, uh, we find out that, uh, 
Um, at some point, Sakura, the zebra from the original show, came to visit uh, Applejack at her ministry headquarters. We also find out that Applejack is, was so divorced from her ministry, she didn't know where her office was. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Which is bad, given she was the wartime technology, like... Um, and, and at the end of the, 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 the more, the, the unidentified horse whose memory it was, um, confers with, with some colleagues that it's about time that, uh, that this ministry had some, some new management. Yeah. Uh, don't you think? Dun dun. Trotting around with zebras? What do we even need her for anyway? Mm-hmm. Um, this prompts, uh, Pip to ask Steel Hooves, like, just what exactly happened with, with Applejack? Um... Steel Hooves is, is reluctant to answer the question. And, like, first wants to, like, interrogates her a bit about, like, why she wants to know. Um, and Pip confesses that, like, having dipped into all these memories, she's become fond of the main six. Like, mm-hmm. and, like, just for personal reasons wants to know. She, like, just wants to, like, know, like, especially after the encounter with Spike and hearing all of those, like, fun stories of, like, days gone by, like, when things are good. Like, how how could it have all gone so wrong? In so many words, Steeljack basically describes the Peter Principle. That, like, Applejack was an incredibly talented farmhand. Mm-hmm. And maybe, like, hands on, like, like a, like a, it was, it was a talented foreman. Um, and also extremely libertarian in her, like, views. That, that makes sense. That, like, <laughs> you know, to each their own. <clears throat> you know, she, 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 she didn't want to go prying into nobody's business. Mm-hmm. And so she figured if she just, like, handed funding to people whose job it was to innovate technology and told them, this is your mandate, innovate technology, they'd do it. Yeah. And uh, that works well enough with individuals, like in, in a lot of cases, especially like if you're close enough that they're directly accountable to you, and like don't, you're still like don't work know, so hot with entire them. industries. Uh. It doesn't work with like capitalist industries because they like corporations are monsters yeah, built out of numbers that like uh, are. Uh, it is. It is a. It is a like a corporation is a monster like is a monstrous project that is a um, disavowal machine. Like, like that, that, that nobody is responsible for um, the blood. The, like, but blood liber- <laughs> lubricates the wheels that generate more profit. Mm-hmm. Like, the corporation's job is profit, not the betterment of anybody. Yeah. And so she put money into all of these endeavors that were profit-making enterprises. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she let him just go on like that without interrogation, without, you know, without getting into nobody's business. Yeah, I could buy... Without poking her nose into anybody's... I could, I could buy Applejack not being super knowledgeable about economic theory or, like, <laughs> the concept of, like, the bourgeoisie, <laughs> to be honest. So I buy that she's just like, hey, you guys are innovators, go innovate. Where'd all the money go? Uh, in a hole? Oh, that sucks. Well, here's more money. <laughs> <laughs> I trust you to know what you're doing. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust somebody to tell me how to pick my apples. Uh, yeah, and you know, uh, uh, she just wasn't like, uh, uh, 
She was pretty good at running a farm, and she was pretty good at organizing a winter wrap-up. But not, you know, at the high levels, she usually relied on Twilight Sparkle for, like, mm -hmm. the, 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 like, to, 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 to bring together the links of all the different other organizing, like, she's a foreman at, at, at the end of the day. She's, she's good at managing a project. Mm -hmm. um, but not a large-scale project, not, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. organizing other organizers. Because she wouldn't be comfortable with that, because she herself is a foreman. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and she got she she she'd feel like she's like she she would wind up micromanaging. She would wind up like mm -hmm. just thinking of it in the in in the the macro scale. Right, we're starting to get long on the in the tooth here. It's our micro scale. <laughs> like yeah, she's 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 no good at macro management. She she's she's only like a yeah um, a hands on yeah. Um, and so yeah, uh, so the Ministry of Technology wound up being a, a bunch of. Uh, nationalized subsidiary enterprises, yeah, yeah a bunch like of nationalized a, a, corporations, basically. None of which needed her, and like got increasingly resentful whenever she did poke her head in and wonder, "You guys working for the national interest?" Yes, doesn't look like it. Well, Miss Applejack, could I talk with you? Like, let's discuss it over a cask of Montiela. <laughs> <laughs> I have it down here in the basement. Yeah. But yeah, they need to get rid of her because she was no longer a useful idiot. She started asking too many questions. Mm -hmm. um, she, she like yeah, she she was she was hooves off. She she was she was hands off for far too long. And by the time that she like started like becoming curious as to exactly what it was she was funding, the machine was already too. It was big it was long and, too yeah. late. Yeah, it was. Uh, and that is that is the death of of Apple one one Apple to Jack. Yes. Here's here's a thing that like makes me want to um invite somber down for a cask <laughs> to to ask him to join me in the basement for 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 an exotic wine do you not do you know what word i hate more than any other yes we are all bound by the chains of industry but even more uh, there is a great chain that holds us together the chain of mutual responsibility and to break that chain is to become nothing more than a raider, the most loathsome and repugnant leech on great equestrian. Yeah, this also really spits in the eye of that whole trade will save the waste shit. Oh, the 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 above thing, like the 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 Applejack thing. Yes. Yeah, um, it's just it's it's incredible how it's like like trade doesn't save the waste, ponies save the waste. <laughs> Like, how how did you miss that? I mean, obviously, like, they didn't. They just didn't agree with it. Um, the the trade that will save the waste is, is really funny because the war started because of that exact mentality. Yeah. Instead of ponies and zebras sharing their resources as, as a combined pool, they traded for mm -hmm. them. Trade started the war. Yeah. Like, like trade instead of sharing. Like... And and PH keeps hammering on that, like makes it very very clear in the ideology of, of Project Horizons and in, in, in Somber's ideology, sharing is never discussed. Yeah. Um, it is it is always presumed to be like trade is the only medium of of, of the exchange of of work yeah, and goods. Yeah, that whole chain of mutual um, responsibility thing you were just mocking before. Oh <clears throat> uh, yeah, the the the, the uh, uh, we, this is the final in this chapter of Red Eyes speeches. Um, which actually closes out the chapter, uh, where, um, where, uh, uh, Red Eye d 
does the the incredible magic trick of conflating uh, mutual accountability with accountability to him and him alone. Mm. It it very much reminds me of like we need to stop this division and create an atmosphere of unity. And by that they mean obedience, <laughs> Sub, uh, subservience, unified under a single command. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, so past all of the like, uh, do you do you, do you know you you call someone who isn't uh, obedient to to our glorious order an anarchist? <laughs> comes around to the the uh the religious uh message the 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 uh involvement of the goddess in this and the the implication of what i'm sure we will be seeing uh in in uh coming chapters uh the implication that these slaves uh are are worked until they're broken and when they're blo- broken they're handed over to the goddess to be cleansed mm-hmm. to be, to be uh, and remade in her image to be cooped in some way for sure uh, and it ends uh, with, yes, to those of you out there, termites, to the raiders, to the steel rangers and the cannibals, I have this to say, the purge is coming. <laughs> I understand how people are like, oh yeah, Red, I had some great ideas. Yeah, we have we have a very large uh, wine selection in our basement for you. Uh, don't ask about the drain. It's it's for cleanliness. Yeah. It's- why we have a tile floor. <laughs> Terrible messes down here in the wine cellar. Yes. <sighs> okay, yeah, it's a, this is, this is going to be a bit of a long one, for sure. Um, but yeah, that's that, that, was, that was the end of our chapter, though. Uh, lot, lots to talk about in terms of fascism. It's it's already uh, an hour and a half. I think we should just have like a bonus mini episode. Nah, that's going to be too uh, much cutting. Uh, yeah. Really? Or, or we could start next episode with this? Uh, with we're the, it's the already long. We might as well just do it. We got it. We got a letter from DoubleClick. Hey. Um, I didn't know who DoubleClick was, but some of you like perverse perverts who are particularly invested in 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 uh, Fallout Equestria and K Cat's work and the history of its uh of its of its writing and production might recognize that name, uh, because uh, uh DoubleClick uh self identifies as one of the the two main editors uh of 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 the work we just read uh, and they sent us a letter i'm very excited about that i'm gonna read it and i'm going to like work real hard to like tamp down my uh impulse to to editorialize to 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 poke my head in and make commentary mid-note i'm just gonna read it as is and then we'll comment on it <clears throat> subject line the saga of the gay baby goblin <laughs> From DoubleClick. Hey there, this is DoubleClick. I'm a longtime friend of KCAT, and along with someone who we knew mainly as SugarCube, <clears throat> SugarCube, I was one of her two primary editors on Fallout Equestria. Uh, obviously, I have been listening to your wonderful podcast regarding KCAT's epic fanfic, and I'm loving listening to you go through each chapter pointing out all the best parts. I absolutely adore the idea of Little Pip as a gay baby goblin. Uh, it utterly shocks me that among all of her friends and acquaintances, none of us quite latched onto that. On a slightly more serious note, I am glad to hear that you both grasp the importance of Velvet Remedy. <clears throat> the importance, the important balance Velvet Remedy brings to the group, rather than seeing her as a pacifist wet blanket. Kudos to you both. I am eager to hear 
more from both of you regarding our favorite gun baby as she lockpicks her way through the equestrian wasteland. I can confirm, especially for the first three or four chapters, they were indeed a bit rough around the edges because K-Cat wasn't entirely even sure she was going to complete the story and hadn't settled into a narrative feel for it. As I recall, once Calamity swept into the story and Little Pip reached a bastion of civilization, imperfect though it was, and once K-Cat finally started to see... Uh, substantially more interest in her work from people who weren't friends or and acquaintances. That's when she was sure she was going to make a proper effort to see it through. Make no mistake, she did have an overarching plot in mind when she started, but she wasn't fully committed to the idea of getting it all written down. She needed an eager audience to give her the drive to push on, and once she had ponies for Little Pip to interact with, she said that's when parts of the story started to almost write themselves. Now I will say, none of Fallout Equestria is an after-action report. Mm -hmm. She did do something of the sort with one of her Fallout 3 characters, but that existed only as some screenshots and narrative snippets shared with friends. None of it was ever written up formally, because no matter how she dressed it up, ultimately it was still Bethesda's story, not hers. While the Fallout Equestria's prologue deliberately paralleled Ron Perman's intro monologue for Fallout 3 in order to draw in Fallout fans, beyond that point, K-Cat was far too much... <clears throat> K -Cat, beyond that, K-Cat had far too much self-respect to do more then take inspiration from the source material. With very small, rare exceptions, the plot, the characters, and the message are all hers. Additionally, fans of the Fallout games can tell you she drew inspiration from Fallout's 1, 2, and New Vegas, as well as other games and works of fiction. The goal was to write a post-apocalyptic pony fanfic predicated on a believable descent in, from a near-utopia of MLP into the kind of societal mess that could lead to a global war and devastation. K-Cat didn't even need to start writing until she was certain she'd come up with a solid premise. Uh, incidentally, uh, we didn't share that premise with anyone. Uh, she didn't share that premise with anyone. Initially, we were all equally in the dark, but those of us who knew her uh, trusted it would make sense <clears throat> once enough had been revealed. Anyway, I'm drifting off topic. You guys just continue being amazing, and I hope you continue to enjoy KCAT's work as much as you have thus far. Uh, thank you very much, Dalton. Hey, yes, thank you very much. Uh, I uh, I don't know how to handle praise, <laughs> so I'm just going to like... I do, it's great, like, it feels awesome! Baskin. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, that, uh, that, that was a very nice letter and, and thank you very much for, for writing in, uh, that, oh, like, like, oh man, this does clear up a lot of things that like, that I think had been kind of like up in the air. Uh, like, like, I, like, like I, the after action report thing that I've said a couple of times, uh, was like just things people have told me and that's, it, it sounds precisely like the sort of misunderstanding that I've heard a thousand times. Yeah. Like, like it, like if they um, wrote a after action report that was kind of similar to this and then went on to write that, I could see how people would connect the dots to be like, oh, this is just that, but formalized. Horse. 
Well, I'm assuming it might have been horse beforehand, maybe. And maybe that's why people mm-hmm. may, were drawing that conclusion. Yeah, but it does seem like the initial inspiration. Like, my... So, my um, my guess, like, based on based on what we've, we've read so far, uh, and based on uh, what uh, DoubleClick has told us, my hypothesis... <laughs> Uh, for for uh, like to, to try and uh, attempt to reverse engineer KCAT's thinking, it feels like she was writing a video game though. Mm. Like it, it feels like she was sort of in the mindset of like an after action report of a game that didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, that that she was sort of building in her head. Um, because like very yeah, you know, uh, there's even even after the point where the story gets interesting, there's there's still a bunch of like little moments. Where it really feels like K Cat wants to build a Fallout dungeon, like mm-hmm. um, there's there's all these like different different points where like the story feels like oh yeah this this would be cool to see in a game, mm-hmm. like this this seems like good game design this this bit of interaction that uh, little Pip is having with the environment. And my hypothesis is that when the more little Pip started interacting with other horses, the more the constraints of conceiving of this story as being told through the medium of a game kind of fell away because those interactions could only really take place in like a cutscene. Mm-hmm. So they had to be more um, or the very least so it becomes yeah. more of a narrative as it goes along. I it's I don't know, it's nice uh kind of hearing like further confirmation on like Velvet Remedy is sort of like intended to be sort of a party balance. Velvet Remedy is one of those characters who I think is one of the most complicated characters as far as the story goes in terms of narrative in that she is she is a difficult thing to write in this kind of story because she is oppositional to the power fantasy that this story provides. Um, and that feels bad, uh, just sort of like in its, on its face. Like if, like if you're just like if you're just like not used to interacting with characters like that in a story, it's like it feels bad to be like but like she's ruining the fun like i want i want little pip to do more cool things i want her to skateboard around blowing dudes up like and and velvet is like contrary to that but she's also like the voice of reason because you know she is like it's there are con- like there are consequences to this kind of power fantasy and she she's she's there to constantly kind of remind us like Hey, maybe we're doing bad things and not good things, and maybe your drug problem's getting out of control, and like that's an, a valuable voice to have in the story. Uh, but she's also nuanced that she's not like a perfect beaming angel. Like she has her own like actions of darkness. Like she she tries to like in a moment of like emotional frustration tries to like seduce little Pip, even though she's clearly not really attracted to her. And there's also a huge age gap discrepancy, and that is kind of uh, uh, a little bit more hoarse than we were sort of expecting from the character. But yeah, I don't know, it's just it's cool to get like, yeah, I've been yeah confirmation that like she she exists for a narrative. Yeah, she's reason. not just there to be she's... a downer. But yeah, and I'm definitely glad that like yeah, um, like calamity really is like the herald of this story getting good. Like once he shows up, the story like really really picks up because he's you know he's a second voice in the story to ping pong back off of and i think that a lot of fall of equestria's strength in its writing is it having a colorful cast of misfits who just have good interactions around each other uh, and it makes a makes a lot of the stuff very compelling uh it feels authentic and just bringing that phrase up again i i can definitely say that like um 
I'm very much a believer in like uh, uh, character first writing, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's that's where the the big change off is is that like Fallout Equestria before um, Calamity was basically all plot was like a, a series of events and set pieces, um, but like once Calamity comes into the mix, then we are shake it up with like interacting with characters, mm-hmm. and like the 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 flow of the story comes as. Uh, flows out of um, the the desires and uh, failings and um, uh, wants and needs of a bunch of characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the the equestrian wasteland is really more of a backdrop for those kind of things to happen in, and that's what makes a lot of the story compelling. Is just sort of the strength and in- intuition of the writer and editing staff to make like to focus on those parts that make the the whole thing compelling. You got anything else you want to say? Uh, before we close up well i i i uh i, I do okay. um uh so so i'm gonna change up the, the format a little bit here i'm gonna risk risk the curse i'm gonna gonna risk um being devoured by grooves which is if you didn't know I, I, those of you outside the podcasting industry if you don't recite the usual incantation to close out an episode grooves come after you <laughs> um but i'm gonna risk their wrath <laughs> let, let us um, spin the chair week. around and rap with you for a little um uh so if you want to get a hold of us you can email us uh, <laughs> walk in double clicks footsteps by emailing uh weirdington esq at gmail.com if you want to give us your feedback or, or charitably like give us a small donation much like double click did um uh, i was really happy oh for yeah that. thanks um, thanks for donating to keeping weird alive foundation um it, it is it is a struggle <laughs> Um, uh, uh, so you can email us there. Um, if you don't mind an extremely not safe for work account, uh, you can, you can go to, uh, uh, Fi's dirty, uh, business, uh, at, uh, thou art Fi at twitter.com. Yeah. Uh, or you can, uh, 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 check me out, uh, send, send, send tweets my way at weirdington e twitter.com. Uh, but instead of asking you how 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 how's you doing, Fi, uh, I'm going to I'm going to share with you a little line of text and, and my immediate emotional response because this isn't the only time I've I've heard this 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 word before, and I had the exact same response in both cases. This is this is a this is a, a thing that happens in the horse pervert world, particularly in things sur- like roughly surrounding Fallout Equestria, and 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 it gnaws at me day and night. All right, lay it on us. <clears throat> It's from the it's from the morb, and I'm and I'm sorry I skipped over it at the time. Oh yes, I just wanted to pass on a little thank you from the uh, MWT's support for our Stallion Grad and Manhattan expansions. And Fi, Fi, instead of asking you how you are, I have I have a much more important question to ask you this week. Who the fuck is Joseph Stallion? <laughs> <laughs> Bye everybody. Bye. <laughs> Bye.